You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Man, it's good to be with you today, City Church. I want to welcome those of you that are worshiping here in the theater, next door in the video cafe, as well as those of you that are worshiping online. I want to extend a warm welcome to those of you that don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. We hope that you can explore God at your own pace here at City Church. Now, uh, we've been in the series about the Holy Spirit, and today we're going to see the Holy Spirit as what's called paraclete. Would you say that word with me when I point to you? You ready? Here we go. Paraclete. So uh, we're going to break down paraclete here in just a minute, but I like some of that old-style preaching from time to time. And so there's this old pastor named Reverend Otis Moss III, and he, in a very poetic way, talks about the paraclete. And for me to explain to you how uh, Reverend Moss talks about paraclete, every time I point to you, I want you to say the word paraclete. You ready? Here we go. Paraclete. Okay, so the is like a parasol that protects you from the harmful rays of the sun. The is like a paratrooper that drops down in when you're in danger. The is like a parachute that takes you gently to the ground instead of falling too hard. The is like a parable. It's a story that helps us understand spiritual truth. The is like a paramedic that uh, comes in an emergency time when you need it the most to give you aid and help. The gets you into paradise uh, in the future, right on. And I could keep going, you know what I'm saying? I could keep going and I could say the is like a paragon. He's God's perfect one. The is like a paradigm because he shifts our thinking. And then the is like a new pair of shoes that helps you take the gospel of peace to the people that need it the most. Now, I'll save those last three for another sermon, but I'm going to deal with the six that we mentioned at first, parasol, paratrooper, parachute, parable, paramedic, and paradise um, throughout the talk. Um, But we find this word in John chapter 14, look at verse 6. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another, what's that word? Helper. Helper. What do you suppose that word is in the Greek? Paraclete. Paraclete. Thank you very much. It's the paraclete, the helper, that he may be with you forever. And so let me show you kind of a definition of paraclete, um, and you'll see different Bible translations will use different ones of these words. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, is like the helper, the advocate, counselor, encourager, or comforter. And so we're going to spend the rest of our time together breaking that down. But before we do, I want to give you one thought that I hope will summarize everything we're talking about today, and it's simply this. As you're going through hell, the Holy Spirit is help. I'm not talking about eternal hell. I'm talking about hell or suffering on earth. As you're going through hell, the Holy Spirit is your help. Now, I think about uh, the paraclete as comforter, and my morning God times are always very comforting and very comfortable. I sit there at the kitchen table. I've prepared my coffee. I heat the water to just the right temperature. I grind 
the really great brown coffee beans in my grinder. I put them in my V60 pour-over apparatus, and I pour over my coffee, and it is robust and wonderful, and I enjoy it along with my breakfast. My wife's sitting by my side most mornings, and I'm reading or listening to my Bible on my phone. I may look out the window and see the birds at the feeder. I may look over to my right and look at the colorful fish in the aquarium, but it is a comfortable, enjoyable experience connecting with God in the morning with the Word of God and that great pour-over coffee. Uh, And I hope that those comfortable times are preparing me for less comfortable times that are coming at some time in my life, not of my choosing. You know what that's all about, right? And the context of this teaching on the paraclete was the people of God were being persecuted. So they were under Roman oppression, and if people would not say Caesar is Lord, some of them would be crucified, they would be burned at the stake, Uh, They may be thrown into the arena with wild animals to tear them apart and kill them. Uh, They may have hot tar poured over their bodies that would burn them uh, to death. And so the early Christ followers were experiencing persecution. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if persecution came to our land, if um, it was illegal to be a Christ follower like it is in some parts of the world? And I want to ask you a question today. Would you be willing to suffer for your relationship with Christ? I mean, it's all fun and games until there's suffering involved for the sake of the gospel. And you know, there I sit with my comfortable coffee in the mornings. But I pray to God that if for some reason persecution comes our way or if I'm in another country and experience it, that I will be faithful to my Lord and endure the suffering and persecution for the sake of uh, the Lord Jesus. Now, although you and I may not have to endure true persecution in America during our lifetimes, all of us are going to experience the loss of a loved one or the inevitable suffering that's coming our way. We all know this intuitively, don't we? And so remember uh, Reverend Moss's idea that the paraclete is like, a parasol that protects us from harmful rays. And when I thought about protection from the Holy Spirit, my mind immediately went back to Managua, Nicaragua. We were there ministering in one of the worst places I've ever been on planet Earth. Um, It's called La Shreka. And it is a trash dump, basically a trash heap where fires are always burning. Everybody that lives in the area suffers from respiratory issues. Uh, People are scrounging anything they can out of that dump in order to make a living to resell or to recycle uh, or somehow leverage whatever resources they can dig up in that dump. It's an awful place. Um, And we met this couple that has a church right there in La Shreka that ministers to people uh, on and around the dump. And the woman's called the prophetess. That's kind of her nickname is the prophetess. I thought that's a pretty good nickname, don't you? I mean, it's like, I want to change my nickname to Pastor Jedi or something like that. But that'd be a lot of fun. But we were talking and the prophetess calls me over. Yeah, you. So I go over to her and she says, I've got a word for you. And so I'm open-minded to this kind of thing. And so I said, well, what's the word? And she says, you are protected. And I said out loud, you know, well, thank you for that. That's nice. 
appreciate that. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, that's not a very precise word. I mean, good grief. You could say it's going to be five o'clock and you're going to be right twice a day. So uh, I didn't think much of it until the next day. And we were walking around, praying with people, ministering to people in a typical third world environment. Um, and uh, then these two robbers come and hold us up at gunpoint. And so we're standing there with our hands up at gunpoint, and all that's going through my mind is I'm thinking to myself, what's it going to feel like for a bullet to go through my abdomen, you know, if this, this guy starts to shoot us up? And there were two of them. One guy held the gun. The other guy went around to each person and took their belongings, wallet, you know, cell phone, whatever. And when he got to everybody, he got to me in the back, and the wingman that was grabbing people's stuff looked at me and he got a scared look on his face and he ran off and the gunman ran off as well. They didn't take my stuff. And I thought to myself, wow, he was really scared of me. The working out is paying off, you know? <laughs> but you and I both know I'm just a harmless fuzzball, right? So it's like, uh, what was that? And I remembered what was prophesied over me the day before you are protected, see? And I think that the prophetess was tapping into something that we see in the Bible in John 16, 13. Look at it. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. And it's like the day before she was given a premonition of my experience the next day. And as we walked through La Shreka, though, it was like a hell in a sense. As we walked through hell, the Holy Spirit was our help that day, and I thank him for it. But look at number two. The paraclete is like a paratrooper. The paratrooper drops in when we need him to help. Uh, look at John 14, 18. Jesus said, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. So he drops in when we need him the most. This past week, I was talking to a pastor friend. Her name is Michelle Jack. She left an upper management job at a large corporation to go into the ministry. And she was telling me about the time years ago before she started following Christ that she was in an awful car accident. And I brought a picture of her car that she emailed to me after she told me the story. And notice how flat the driver's side of that car is. And as Michelle recounts the story, she explained to me that in this accident, her car like flipped three times and landed upside down in a tree down beneath the road. She was laying there upside down, couldn't move, smashed down into that car. And she kept hearing this voice that said, you've got to get out of the car. You've got to get out of the car. And she looked through just the bit of window that was showing the opening there, and there was a man there with kind eyes, and he had on a mechanic's jumpsuit with an embroidered name on it, and the name was Michael, and he was right side up to her eyes, which meant he would have been upside down in a tree, and he said, Michelle, you've got to get out. Your car is leaking gas, and she said, I can't move. He says, I'll help, and he reaches in, and then her next conscious thought was she was laying up on the side of the road where she could have never gotten in her condition. And an off-duty nurse came and cared for her and called first responders. And when they came, she kept asking, 
where's Michael, where's Michael? Michael's name is in the insurance reports because she asked about him so much because he was so real to her in that tragedy. Um, But she's okay today, and she reflects back on that experience because she wasn't a Christ follower at that time, and she didn't know what that was because she wasn't looking for God. But look at the truth of John 14, 17, uh, where the Bible tells us this. It says, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. And I want you to think about the different times and the different people that have been in your life and perhaps it was an angel you were entertaining unaware because the Holy Spirit is like a paratrooper that drops down in to send the right people in your need. And so as you're going through hell, as Michelle was going through her hell, the Holy Spirit was help. But look at number three. The paraclete is like a parachute. Now, one of the funnest experiences of my life was going skydiving one time. I brought a picture of it. And I remember it was real tumultuous in the beginning of the experience because I didn't really follow the instructions when jumping out of the plane uh, with the instructor on my back. You're supposed to arch your back and put your feet back behind your body. uh, And I didn't do that. So we just went tumbling out. And uh, I was laughing, thinking, oh, this is fun, just tumbling, going, falling down at terminal velocity. And the instructor on my back seemed to be concerned. And so he grabbed my leg and cranked it back. He pushed my back to arch my back and got us to where we would fall appropriately. See, and what I'll never forget about that experience is the peace in my heart that I felt when the parachute was deployed appropriately. Because, you know, you've heard these stories where the parachute doesn't open right and someone plummets to their death. Well, I remember when he deployed the chute, he pulled the cord and the parachute opened just like it was supposed to. It filled with air. And at that moment, I knew it's all good. I had a deep peace in my heart. And look with me at John 14, 27. It says, I'm leaving you a gift, peace of mind and heart, And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And look, some of you are tumbling right now and your life seems very tumultuous, but I want you to know Holy Spirit is with you and he's your parachute that's gonna take you to a soft landing. But look at number four. The paraclete is like a parable. Now, why is it that Jesus told parables? Because he wanted regular folk like me to be able to understand the truths of God. And you ever hear someone that is so smart and they communicate all these things and nobody understands it? Well, Jesus was a great teacher. That's why he told stories. And the Holy Spirit explains the word to us. He does something in our hearts so that we can understand the truths of God. Look at John 14, 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. But when the Father sends the advocate, and by the way, guess what word in the Greek that advocate is? You know it. Paraclete, right? Paraclete as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you and will remind you of everything I told you. And so what happens is the Holy Spirit reminds you of the stuff that Jesus says, the red letter stuff in the Gospels when you need it 
the most. And he illuminates your mind and helps you to understand spiritual truth. And I was experiencing this when I first started really trying to walk with Christ. I mean, I had believed before, but how many of you know there's a big difference between just believing it and really trying to live it out, right? And this was the time in my life as a teenager where I was trying to live it all out. I didn't know everything and I still don't, but um, I was trying to live it out. And my mom was wondering about me because I would go up in my room and I would read my Bible for hours and hours. I just couldn't get enough of it. And she knew that I didn't read anything except for those pop culture magazines about my former favorite band, Kiss, you know? That's all I was reading before that time, but I couldn't get enough of my Bible. And it's because for the first time in my life, I could understand something from it. You know, it was speaking to me and it was helping me. And look what I was experiencing in 1 John 2, 27. But you have received the, the who? Holy Spirit. And he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Look, If you've never understood the Bible, I understand sometimes it's a translation issue and you probably don't need to read the King James. You need to read something that, you know, is a little more contemporary that puts it in your vernacular. But a lot of times there's no substitute for the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit of God. They're like foolishness to him. And if you've never understood the Bible, it should be a warning light on your spiritual dashboard. I don't say that to shame you or make you feel bad. I say that to encourage you to go before the Lord in prayer and say, God, would you please help me by your spirit to understand your word and the truths that you need me to know. But look at number next six, or number five, rather, sorry, paramedic. Paramedics give you the best care they know how when you need it the most. And when I was thinking about the Holy Spirit as paramedic, I was reflecting upon Uh, how I love my wife differently than I did when we were first married. And the things that were attractive about her when we first met are not the same things that are attractive about her today. I remember when we first met, I was drawn in by her beautiful, thick brown hair and those big brown eyes and other stuff that I'm not going to talk about in church. It's none of your business, you know. And she's still a beautiful woman. Um, But a couple of years ago, when she was helping her dad through his battle with cancer, that was beautiful. And while we were there in the midst of it, and her dad, who was one of the strongest, most intelligent men we've ever known, was deteriorating before our eyes. And I said, Jeannie, the way you're caring for your dad is just so beautiful to me. And she says to me, I'll do the same for you. And she's never been more beautiful to me. And then I thought to myself, are you saying I'm going to die soon? (laughs) But you know, she walked through cancer with her parents through one of the hardest times that they would ever experience in their lives. And it's like in the midst of her own pain and suffering, losing her dad that she loved. She had like a supernatural way to care for them in the midst of it as she was going through her personal hell. The Holy Spirit was her help. 
without a doubt. And I want you to think about the people around you that have been your help during your hell. And they are oftentimes used of the Holy Spirit to minister to you when you need it the most in those dire times. But look at number six, the paraclete gets us into paradise. You know, a year after my wife, her dad, after he passed away, a year later, um, my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, uh, was thinking about their anniversary coming up, their wedding anniversary. They had been married for almost 60 years. And she didn't want to spend that first anniversary with Pop Gun alone. So she said, well, would you guys be able to go on a cruise with me? I'd, I would pay for you guys to go on a cruise. And I'm like, I can so be there for you. I can serve you and minister to you. You want me to go on a cruise? So Jeannie's mom had bought this, these cruises for, for us and for Jeannie's brother. And we get to uh, the coast, you know, we're, Texas coast, and we're going to get on uh, the boat there. And um, Jeannie's mom got on the boat. She got on the ship. And Jeannie's brother got on. We checked our luggage in. Jeannie and I were waiting in line. We were going to get on next. Well, they make you fill out this form, this questionnaire, before you get on a cruise ship. Some of you who have been on cruises, you know about this, right? Well, Jeannie's cruise questionnaire revealed that she had felt a little bit queasy in her stomach the day before because she just gets nervous when she travels. Well, the gentleman that works for the cruise line said, well, man, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to get on the, the ship because you were sick at your stomach yesterday. And we tried to convince them. By the way, the moral of the story is just lie on those questionnaires, man. <laughs> they won't let you on the boat. They really won't let you on there. Uh, but we tried everything. We're like, sir, you know, she just gets a little nervous where she travels. You can check her out. I mean, bring the ship's doctor, look at her. She's fine. No, I'm sorry. We cannot let you on the ship. And Jeannie said, well, Doug, why don't you just get on the boat and I'll just try and meet you at the next port where uh, the boat stops. I'm like, I am not getting on that ship without you. So um, they took off. They had our luggage and we get on our cell phones and I knew we had to do something there because we did not want uh, Jeannie's mom to be alone on that anniversary. So we get on our phones and we get an Uber ride uh, from the Texas coast to Houston to the airport. And while we're in the Uber ride, we're planning like a hotel in Roatan, Honduras, where is the next stop of this boat. And so we plan it out on our phones and we get to the airport. We go from Houston to San Salvador and then San Salvador down to Roatan, Honduras. And we had an amazing time. Three days of paradise. I brought a picture of the underwater snorkeling there, beautiful, clear water. But in the back of my mind during all this, I'm thinking, I'm going to have to pay for this stuff someday. I put it on a credit card, you know what I'm saying, Jack? Anyways, we enjoyed the time, and then we, uh, we get on the boat. Three days later, and we meet Jeannie's mother and her brother, and everything was cool, and we got to cruise back home and all that. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I got some bills to pay, you know? Um, <laughs> But when we got home, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that when Jeannie's mother had purchased those cruises, she had purchased travel insurance on it. And so, see, stuff got paid for. And I think that's a lot like the Holy Spirit, is he's like our insurance and our guarantee. But the Holy Spirit is not insurance like our insurances, where you have to call them on the phone and bug them all the time, you know, to make sure that you crossed your T's and dotted your I's just right, but he is an absolute guarantee 
that what God has promised is going to happen. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. Now look, the little illustration about putting the travel expenses on my credit card breaks down at this point. I could have taken a couple of years and paid that off if push came to shove. I could have, you know, scaled back and, you know, uh, uh, really tightened the belt financially and paid off that, those travel expenses over time. But my sin debt, I don't have enough to ever pay all that off. Look, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So everybody is like trying to leap across the ravine that is our sin, but it's too far to jump. It doesn't matter if you're Mother Teresa or Billy Graham, you cannot be good enough to earn a love relationship with God. That's why Jesus had to come and die on the cross to pay for my sins and for yours. And even when he was dying for the sins of the world, there was a thief on the cross next to him who said, Jesus, please remember me when you get into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? Today, you'll be with me in where? Paradise. See, paradise. And then he sends the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us as our guarantee that it will come to pass just as he's promised. And my sense is, is that God has brought someone here into this room, into a quirky little theater in downtown San Antonio today. The winds of his spirit have blown you into this place so that you can receive love relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes now. And as we bow before the Lord, and if you would like to begin a relationship with God that you've never had before, just in your own heart, talk to him right now and say something like this. Look, God, I know I owe you a big sin debt. And right now, the best I know how, I'm choosing to believe that when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he died there to pay the penalty for my sin. And I welcome you into my life now. Thank you for coming in. And as we continue with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I couldn't help but think this week that some of you could use a fresh breath of the wind of the Holy Spirit of God. Some of you could use some comfort right now, today. If you need that today, I want to ask you to do something as we keep our heads bowed. Just raise your hand up real quick if you could use some comfort today. Some comfort from the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want you to know is that you're hurting now, but you're going to make it. I want to speak some truths over you. The loss that you experience seems very painful now, but our present sufferings cannot be compared to the glory he will reveal in us later. And all you have to do is make it through today. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And so what I'd like you to do now, if you'd like some comfort today, is just place your hand out, open your palm, as in a position to receive from the Lord. 
And as the band leads us in this song about the fresh breath of the Spirit, I'd like you to sing that as your prayer. If you don't know how to sing it or you don't like to sing, just speak the words as they come up on the wall behind the band. And so, Jesus, as we come before you now, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to bring your comfort in our hearts as we, by faith, hold out our hands and speak these words out loud as we see them on screen. In Jesus' name. caverns of our hearts where you're needed the most because there's couples that have wanted to have a baby and it's not happening for them would you please blow through that cavern there are others that have lost jobs and uh, others that have lost people to death or cancer or uh, heart disease or other things that it just leaves a hole in our hearts there are some that have lost their own children that they didn't think we're not supposed to see our children die before we do Holy Spirit, would you blow in and through me to help me endure through this time? Thank you for your presence here. We love you for your gentle healing in the way that you come and not only lead people to salvation for eternity, but lead your children to peace in this brief time that we have on the earth. You're so kind, God. We can't thank you enough. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.